if you were to ask yourself, what is it that you need the Lord to do for you? Uh, do you need the Lord to heal you? Uh, what about prosperity? Could you use more money? You know, the truth is, the truth is that you don't need the Lord to do anything for you because he's already done it. Okay, you say, what, what do you mean you don't need the Lord to do anything? Well, I'm going to, this message today is really something that could be mind-changing uh, from, a spiritual, from a spiritual perspective because it's something, it's a revelation that was given to me, and I mean, I'm not the only one, but a revelation that was given to me about what the Word of God really, really says to us. And what I'm saying is that you don't need the Lord to do anything for you because he's already done his part. Amen. You've already got whatever the it is that you need. Go to second. Uh, go to two Peter. Second Peter, chapter one. Okay. If you were to stop and ask yourself, what is it that I need from the Lord? Be it money, healing, you know, whatever it might be, um, peace, joy, whatever. Uh, the Lord has already done it. Amen. And so we're going to look at today what is it that the Lord has already done and the concept of, of the, the whole concept of you already have what you need, you see. And a lot of times that's hard for us to visualize when you have wants, you have needs, and you have desires. It's hard for us to realize, you know, well, what do you mean I already have it and that God doesn't have to do anything else? Well, Second Peter chapter 1 and starting with verse number 3, it says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, by which are given, are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these promises, that is, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All right? So it says there, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. All right? So that tells you right there that God has given you all things that you, that you need. All right? But then the question is, 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 the, is, is well, to emphasize there where it says, through the knowledge, um, give all precious things to the godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Underlined through the knowledge of him. You see, the problem is, is that we often miss the knowledge. The knowledge part is what we don't seem to have, we don't seem to get. We realize that the word says that God has given us all things. The only thing that we are lacking is knowledge. Many Christians live in a constant state of trying to get God to do something. You know, so many times we wind up praying, God give me, God give me, God give me. We live in a constant state of trying to get God to do something. We, might, we wind up many times begging God to move through revival, healing, prosperity, etc., etc. Many Christians run from meeting to meeting, from church service to church service, trying to get something from God, but they've already got it. You know, many people go to church, and I mean, we should all go to church expecting to receive from God, receive a revelation, receive more knowledge of his word. But the things like prosperity, health, finances, healing, or whatever it is that you may be praying for, you've already got it. Okay, but yet still many Christians run around begging God, God, gimme, 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 gimme. What God has already done has been done, you see. So God's not going to have to do anything more because what God did is done. And we're going we're to un- understand that a bit more. Go to the book of Ephesians. We're going to look a little more deeply in this. Ephesians chapter 1. 
Ephesians chapter 1. The whole concept of me not praying to God, begging and asking for things is so foreign to most people because we've all, we've all been raised you know, to believe that yes indeed you need to pray to God well we do, I'm not saying that you don't need to pray to God but what, what we are missing is the knowledge and understanding that what God has done has already been done Okay, what God has done has already been done. There's no additional work that God needs to do or will do in your life relative to your particular need. Okay, now that doesn't mean that God won't go before you, you know, to protect you and things like that. But I'm talking about as far as your needs are concerned. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay? So going back to chapter, uh, verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, where it says us, underline that and write the word me. Meaning me, okay, who has blessed me, so that when you're reading this in the future, you will read, who has blessed me with all, underline the word all, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now underline also in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You see, so God had this plan for you before the foundations of the world. You know, even back then, God knew what you were going to need. God knew that, knew that you were going to need finances. God knew that you were going to need a better job, need a better, need a house. You need, God knew what all of your needs were. Okay? So what it says there now, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Okay? So underline in heavenly places. This says he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, meaning it's already done. You already have all spiritual blessings. You see, now you have to understand, that's where we need to change how we think. You have to start thinking that I already have the spiritual blessings. So when you start to pray, many times when we are praying, we are praying for something that we don't have. According in our minds, according to our minds, we don't have it. That's why you're praying for it. That's the old way of thinking. That's the typical way of thinking. If you're going to God, you're praying for something because you don't have it. All right? And what I'm saying here through this message is that what God has done has already been done. Okay, so, and it says there that you have all spiritual blessings. Okay, meaning it's already done. But many Christians don't realize what they have. If they're sick in their bodies, instead of starting from, by his stripes I was healed, or I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in me, they'll take the doctor's report or the pain in their bodies and say, I'm sick, God, will you heal me? You understand what I'm saying there? All right. According to the word of God, it says, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. So that's a done deal, meaning that you were healed. But what we wind up doing, though, we go to the doctors and we get a bad report, and we start right away, we start saying, oh, gee, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. You see, and, and, and this really kind of came, came uh, um, over me in, in, in clear focus uh, with the issue that I was wrestling with over the last uh, several weeks, this vertigo thing. You know, instead of me praying to God about Lord heal me from this vertigo but to start confessing Lord in the name of Jesus I am healed of this vertigo because what Jesus did on the cross or what Jesus did by his stripes 2,000 years ago is a done deal 
I was healed 2,000 years ago by the act of Jesus taking on those stripes. So that means that if I have this blessing in heavenly places, what I need to do is I need to stop to start claiming the, the blessing and to stop claiming and listening to what the doctors uh, uh, say. Now, does that mean that you don't maybe feel symptoms if you've got a cold and you're sneezing and your nose is running? Yes, you're sneezing and your nose is running. But that's right here in the physical world where that's happening right now. In heavenly places, though, you are healed of that cold. You are healed of that cold. So rather than go around confessing how you're doing, oh, gee, well, <laughs> I feel miserable, I feel terrible. You know, start confessing. Well, I'm believing that I'm healed. I'm believing that I'm healed of this. I'm believing that I'm healed. Because by Jesus' stripes, I was healed 2,000 years ago. So that means that I am healed now. You see? So it takes a change of, of the way you think. If you don't understand this, you might be one, it might be one of the main reasons why you aren't possibly receiving from God. You need to get a revelation of this. Jesus has already provided everything you will ever need. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings, all of them. Not my words, but we just read that in the word of God. Jesus has already provided everything you will ever need. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings, all of them. Let's go to John 4. Okay? And we, we, need to, we need to start separating out also where we live and, and where God is, okay? We, we already read that those blessings were done in heavenly places, okay? Go to John 4 and uh, let's start at verse number 19. John 4. Big, big John 4. Verse number 19. The woman, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in, in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. You worship, you know not what. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks, uh, for the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit. Underline if you don't already have it underlined. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, Jesus is saying a whole lot right here, but the main thing, I mean, what he's telling me, first of all, he said, you know, what, what you're worshiping, you don't, you don't even have any understanding of what you're worshiping. Because she was so far from understanding who Jesus was, it wasn't funny at that point in time. But the, what I really want to focus on is verse 24, is the way it says, where it says, God is a spirit. God is a spirit, and he moves in the spiritual realm. God is a spirit, and he moves in the spiritual realm. We right now, obviously, are in a physical realm, okay? But we, as being who we are in Christ Jesus, children of God, born again, uh, blood-washed and sealed by the Holy Spirit, we actually have the capability of operating in two worlds. But God is in a, God's world, God's main realm, is obviously in the spiritual realm, okay? And whether or not we see a physical manifestation of what he has done in the spiritual realm is dependent upon what we believe. All right. Whether or not you see a physical manifestation of what God has already done in the spiritual realm depends on what you believe. You see, if, if, if you don't get this by the time we finish here today, then you will be praying for things 
and you, you possibly may never see them come to fruition or it may be longer based on what you believe. If you don't understand that what God is, what God is doing in the spiritual realm has already been done, it's been taken care of, okay, and it's just a matter of it manifesting and coming to show in the physical realm, okay, then you can wind up negating your prayers because you're going to God and you keep bombarding him with God do this, do this, do this. God has already done it. He says, I've given you all spiritual blessings. All right, that means everything that you need, you, you already have. All right? All right? It's, okay? So it's not up to the Lord to heal us. Now listen to this. Now don't think I'm being, being, being sacrilege, committing sacrilege here or something. It's not up to the Lord to heal us. He's already healed us. You get what I'm saying? It's not up to the Lord to heal us. He's already healed us. Because the word of God says, by his stripes we are healed. Okay? 1 Peter 2.24. We don't have to go there right now. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we are healed. Now, it says we are healed. That means that it's already been done. Okay? We are running around in the physical realm and you're still sneezing and you're still coughing. But in the spiritual realm, where God says, I've given you all spiritual blessings, and we're saying here, by his stripes we are healed, it's already been a done deal. It's a done deal. It's done. So it's just a matter of it manifesting itself in, in time. Alright? And, and that's where, um, when God says that it's been done, God lives in a constant now. God doesn't experience yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God lives in a constant now. So when he says that you are healed, that means that you are healed. Sometimes it may take a week or two weeks or a few days or whatever for that um, spiritual thing to manifest itself in the natural. But in the meantime, you keep on confessing the word of God. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And this is what I'm doing every single day, hour by hour. As a matter of fact, I still confess that. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. You see, you see, and, and you keep on confessing that. It's a whole different change of the way you've been thinking. Realizing that the important thing, the important thing of all existence is God's spiritual realm. Not the physical realm in which we operate, in which we walk. The important thing is God's spiritual realm. Everything, everything originates there, everything is there, and that's where everything eventually manifests itself in the natural. Okay? Alrighty? Healing has already been provided. Financial prosperity has already been provided. Joy and peace and everything that you will ever need emotionally has already been provided. If you're having a down day and you're feeling out of sorts, if things aren't going right, if you don't feel good, you don't need to embrace discouragement. Don't give in to discouragement, despair, and hopelessness. But the average Christian just embraces this stuff saying, oh God, please touch me. I ask you to give me joy. The Bible says you already have received all of these things. The logical question then, well, where is it? Where is it? If I've already received it, where is it? Let's go to Galatians. Let's go to the book of Galatians. It's such a, such a revelation when you start to realize what you're operating with or what you have at your disposal. Galatians 5. Okay, and go to verse 22. Okay, as I was saying so many times, we say, you know, Lord, touch me. Give me some joy. Let me feel good. This and that, this and that, you know. And we're asking for the Lord for this. 
Okay, and we're saying and we're saying here that the Bible says you've already received all of these things. Well, Galatians five, verse number twenty two. Okay, verse twenty two. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's and they that are Christ's, they that are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with, with affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay? So really the words there in verse number 22, which, which outline the nine fruit of the Spirit. And it says there, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with affections of the lust. So you are Christ's. Okay, you belong to Christ. You belong to Jesus. So that means then that you have love, you have joy, you have peace, etc., etc. You have all of those fruit that the, that the, uh, that the Holy Spirit says that you, you have. But the problem is how much of us realize that and how much of us um, uh, claim it, if you will, and how much of, of us accept the fact that I have it, that I have it, you know. So when you're feeling down and you're feeling that you have lack of joy, it isn't that you need more joy from God because God has given you that joy. You need to claim that joy. You need to claim it because God has already given it to you, all right, through the nine fruit of the Spirit here. The truth is that God has already poured out his love toward you. Look what it says in Romans. Let's go to Romans 5 because I hear people so many, so many times people say, oh, if God only loved me, you know, Romans 5. Sometimes you can have things going on in your life where you just feel like God has just forgotten about you. You know, you're praying and you're praying, you're praying for something to happen, and 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 you listen. You know, I've I've actually heard you know people say you know say well, Pastor, you know, I I feel like God is not there anymore. Like He doesn't love me. Like He's just turned my back, turned his turned his back on me. Well, Galatians five verse number one. Therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God. Please in the line, we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And underline that also, through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God, underline, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given unto us. You see? See, so the love of God is there. Okay? The love of God is there. One thing that's awesome about God is that God loves us unconditionally. Unlike us fickle human beings, we can find it so easy to love someone when they're being nice to us. But then when they start acting up and showing a nasty side, how quickly that love seems to, seems to wane, you know? You, you know, it, it starts disappearing, you see? So God is there. God loves you whether you feel it or not. His love has been poured out in your heart, in your spirit, according to Scripture. His love is not conditional. Uh, you've got to realize that God has already provided everything. And if you don't feel His love, it's not that God didn't give it. All right? 
If you don't feel God's love, it's not that God didn't give it. It's that maybe you've forgotten that you already have it. You see? So before you start feeling deserted by God or thinking that God doesn't love you, it's not that he doesn't. He's already given you his love. He is constantly giving you his love. It's just that you are forgetting the fact that I already have it. You know? When you know that you have something, it kind of takes the struggle out of it. You know? If I know that I already have a car, then there's no sense in me struggling to get a car because I know that I have a car. You you know, it takes you out of condemnation. It takes you out of a legalistic mentality of trying to earn things from God. You see, and that's where Old Testament law was at. You know, where you had to do certain things. You had to do certain things. You had to do certain things in order to live up to God's law, to meet God's standards. You had to do something. You had to sacrifice this. You had to do this. You had to do that. There were so many things that you had to do. That's the that's, that's the legalism. All right? But we don't have to do that anymore. It removes doubt. How could you ever doubt that you uh, get something that you already have? It's that simple. You know, it's really that simple. You know, l- l- let, me, um, let, me, let me just, just, just illustrate. Uh, Tanya, give me your marker. Okay? Now, Tanya just gave me her marker. Tanya, can I have your marker? Can I have your marker? Can I have your marker? What would you respond? Huh? Yeah, you see, I have her marker, but yet still I'm going to her asking her, can I have your marker? So eventually she says, well, you already have the marker. So if, if I have the marker, then what? Why am I asking for it? Okay? If she's already given me this marker, then why am I constantly asking her for it? You see, that's where it is with God. You know, we go to God asking him for these things over and over and over again, but yet still God has already given it to us. You know, now I don't know if God ever, you know, shakes his head and says, you know, gee, when is he or she going to get this? You know, I've already given it to him. I've already given it to them, you know, you know, and, and many times if and when you are in prayer and if you're really in deep prayer and you're waiting and you're listening to Holy Spirit, you may hear Holy Spirit tell you, my son, my daughter. I've given you this already, remember? I've already, I've already, you already have this, you know? And then may direct you to the scriptures that you could find it, you know? Many Christians, when they pray for what they've already gotten, they may be getting silence from the Lord, and it could be because God realizes that he's already giving them, giving them what they need. And as I said, God might be saying, why are they always asking for what I've already given them? You go to Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1, 9. Scripture that we're all familiar with. Joshua 1, verse number 9. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Okay? Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. What does it say? Do not be afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Alright? So it's clear there that God is saying, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed. You know? So then God is with you wherever he goes. But 
why is it that we are crying out to God, Lord, go with me? Or where are you? I need this, I need that. Lord, I don't feel your presence. Well, God says, I have commanded you, do not be dismayed, don't be afraid, that I am with you. You see? So if God says that he's with you, then he's with you. You know, so so many times, you know, almost every day, just about when I get in the car to go to work, I say, okay, Lord, let's go to work because I know he's there. I know he's there. Amen. So you don't have to ask God, where are you or why have you deserted me? Because God hasn't deserted you. He is there. You see. So again, it's us praying things to God that is already a fact. You see, and that's, that's, that, that's the change in our thinking that I'm talking about here today that we Christians need to realize. God has done certain things and it's already a done deal in the spiritual realm. So we don't need to go to God asking him to do what he's already given. We don't have to keep asking God to give me your marker, give me your marker, because God has already given you his, 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 uh, given you his marker. And, you know, remember what Ephesians 1, uh, 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has... Past tense, says hath actually, or has, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Okay? So it says that he's already blessed. Blessed be the Lord God of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Alright? So it's a done deal. If these blessings are in heavenly places, then what is the bridge that brings them to us? You know, what is the bridge? If, if you could... I'm not going to take the time of walking up here, but pretend like up on this stage is the heavenly, are the heavenly places. Okay? Pretend like these are the heavenly places. Matter of fact, those posters up there on the divider, pretend like each one of those posters is outlining God's blessings. Prosperity, health, etc., etc. That's in the heavenly places where God says, I've blessed you with all things in the heavenly places. So those things are up there in the heavenly places. Okay? In the meantime, we're down here on earth. What's the bridge that gets them from heavenly places down here to us? Okay? Up here, all of this stuff is a done deal. If you could imagine that stuff kind of just floating, you know, prosperity, joy, healing, health, you know. Uh, and then to make it more personal, you, you, you know, a, a new house, a new job, a new car, uh, whatever it is that you're needing, God has already given it to you. And it's up there on that stage in heavenly places. Well, which the, what's the bridge to get it to us? Well, it's Jesus. All right. It also, see, it says that those spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. They're in heavenly places in Christ. But they are in you because guess what? Christ is in you. Amen? 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 See, don't forget, Jesus returned to sit at the right hand of the Father, okay? But Jesus is also in you. So if those blessings that are in heavenly places are in Christ, and then Christ is in you, then those blessings are in you. That's how, that's how, you, that's how, that's how you acquire them. That's how, how you appropriate them, so to speak. Okay? All right? All right? So, so, the, so the, the blessings are there. Let's go to Philemon. Philemon 6. A little one-page book. That's right before Hebrews. Between Titus and Hebrews. Little one pager. One or two pages, I should say. Those spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ, but they are in you because you are in Christ. 
Okay. Philemon, verse number six. Um, let's start with four, just so we get the whole thought. Philemon, starting with verse number four. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the fellowship or communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Okay? Please please underline that. That, um, uh, Or underline all of verse number 6 there. That the fellowship or the communication of your faith may become effectual by acknowledging, the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Okay? Okay? Every good thing. Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So that's the connection. That's the connection. All right? All right? All right? All of those good things that are in Christ Jesus is in you. Okay? Philemon 6 explains the truth that we were just discussing here. Paul was praying that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. That means that your faith would begin to work by acknowledging the fact that every good thing which is in you is in Christ Jesus. Amen? So if the blessings that were given in heavenly places, laid out there in heavenly places, is in Christ, and Christ is in you, then that means that you have the blessings. So why do we pray to God constantly for certain things when it's already there? You see? All right? All right? All right? Okay? Now, again, again, this is all, these are all spiritual transactions or concepts, if you will, and we live in a spirit in a physical world. So the, the problem is then, how do we make these things materialize? Well, it's through faith. It's through faith. It's through faith and believing that what you are reading here, what you are hearing and what you are reading as the word of God is actually true. Okay? All right? So the same way when Sister Tanya gave me that marker, that was a truth. You could all see that I had the marker. Okay? And she's asking, why do you keep asking me for it? You already have it. Then the same way that you could see that you had faith, quote unquote, in the fact that I had the marker, you have to have that same faith in what the word of God is saying here is, is true. Amen? That you have the joy, you have the peace, you have the finances, you have the health. Whatever those things are that you feel that you need, you already have them. Every good thing is in you in Christ. You already have it. Go to Hebrews 13, okay? Hebrews 13. Okay, again, talking about, about where, we, where we oftentimes praying for the Lord to be with us. Hebrews 13, verse number 5. Okay, we read in Joshua before where God said that I'm, I'm there with you. In 13, verse number 5, it says, Let your manner of life be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen? So it says there that I will never leave you. So if Jesus is saying there that he'll never leave you, then so instead of praying, you know, you know Lord, just be with me this week, or God, where are you, as, as I was saying before, try praying, thank you, Father, that you never leave me. You know, turn it around the other way. Instead of asking God to be with you, say, thank you, Father, because I know that you'll never leave me. That you're always here. 
Thank you for your goodness. Try praying it that way. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of asking, instead of saying to God, Lord, be with me, come and be with me. How about turning around and saying, Lord, thank you, because I know that you're here. You see, this is how you appropriate the things that are in the heavenly places. It's getting your mind to understand that what God has said has already been done. It's a done deal. It's how do, I, how do I get what is in the heavenly places down to be active in my life here today on earth. Amen. So instead of praying, God, please go with me. Where are you? Be with me. How about saying, thank you, Father, for I know that you are here. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you so be, for being so interested in my life that you would be here with me right now. You're turning it around. Why? Because that's what God said. All you're doing is you're speaking forth the truth. You're speaking forth a reality. God said that I'm with you, so all you're doing is you're confessing it, you see. And then what that does on the negative side, the spiritual darkness when you're saying that, it, 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 it blows that thing away uh, um, that is telling you you're by yourself. You're all alone. You see, God doesn't love you. You see, God is not going to get you out of this mess it, because God is someplace else. God has left you because of what you did or what you said. God has left you, you see. See, but God's love, first of all, you know, is unconditional. Thank you so much for loving me, Lord, because you sent your only begotten son because you love me. Again, that's quoting back to the Lord. Scripture, you're quoting back his words, okay, which is activating those things which are in heavenly places. And thank you, Lord, for being here with me because I know you never leave me. So you're reciting back the very words that God said to you, those things that are in the heavenly places. All right? You just start acknowledging the good things that the word says are in you, and then your faith begins to be effective. You'll start seeing these things manifest in your life after time. That's so much easier than begging and pleading with God to come and do something. Because God has already done it. Go to John 19. Back to John. I'm really trying to to drill home the, the fact that these things are already done. John 19 John 19, and we want to go to verse 28. John 19, verse 28. After this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. Underline it. It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. Okay? Bowed his head and gave up the spirit. Okay? See, and in verse 28, Don't forget what it says there now. After this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, underline that, knowing all things were accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Okay? See, at that point in time on the cross, Jesus knew that everything that he set out to do had been accomplished and that that everything was fulfilled, meaning that the law was fulfilled. We no longer had to live by the law. We no longer had to sacrifice in accordance with the requirements in order to, to be forgiven our sins. 
All right? We no longer had to perform the other rituals that was required by the law in Old Testament days. All right? Because the work that Jesus did fulfilled all of that. Okay? Don't forget, as an example, every single year the high priest had to, to transfer, quote-unquote, the sins of Jerusalem, of Israel, onto the, onto the head of the goat and so forth like that. Transfer the sins, you see? And, and that was the way. But that only lasted a year. It's only good for one year because they had to do it every single year. Okay, not to mention the other sacrifices and other things that were called for during the course of the year. Jesus was the final sacrifice. The shedding of his blood did it once and for all. And so therefore we do not have to sacrifice anymore. We don't need a man. There's no man that can forgive your sins contrary to to the belief of some. No man, no man, no man, okay, can forgive your sins. No man can take away your sins. Amen. Amen. So when Jesus said there, again, verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, and then jumping down to verse number 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. It is finished. God has already done his part. When Jesus died on the cross, it was finished. It was finished. That means that we do not have to, to strive for, we don't have to, to run around trying to do the things that we have to do, that, that, we, that we did have to do in order to receive the blessings. We go to Ephesians 1, back to Ephesians again. And this is where I was, I kind of touched on a, mi- a moment ago, a little while ago. Uh, Ephesians verse number, uh, chapter 1, verse number 15. Ephesians 1. Okay, one fifteen. Wherefore, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Underline that too. May give to you the wisdom of uh, of. Um, of knowledge and revelation. You see, you see, without wisdom and revelation knowledge, you can't understand the things that we're even talking about here today in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, underlined, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, underlined, know, know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. Please underline. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now, if you believe, then that's talking about you. Toward us, uh, toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Please in the line, and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is us which is his body the fullness of him that fulfilleth all in all scripture reveals how he is now seated at the right hand he is not working anymore it's done Jesus is not out there working anymore the three and a half years of his ministry was culminated in his crucifixion and resurrection it is done it's finished 
It's finished. He's not going, there isn't anything more that Jesus has to do to bring you blessings, to bring you prosperity, to help you with finances, sickness, or anything else that's going on in your life. There is no other work that needs to be done on Jesus' part. Do you need to be healed today? It's already been done. You got a financial issue. It's already been taken care of. Jesus bore your stripes in his body 2,000 years ago relative to healing. Do you need to be saved? It says in 1 John 2, 2, that he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's already forgiven the sins of the entire world. It's been done. It's not a matter of if God will forgive you. He's already forgiven sins. Will you, will you receive his forgiveness? It's just a simple matter of that. Will you receive his forgiveness? You know, many times we are our own worst enemy. You know, we slip and we sin, we do something wrong and we offend God and we go to God and we repent of our sins. God has forgiven us, you know, but then what do we do? We wind up beating up ourselves. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. We carry that guilt, keep thinking about, you know, what you did, what you did. And that's nothing but the devil himself making you revisit what you did. And then that follows by, you see, God doesn't love you. Now, we already learned here that God shed his love upon us, does love us, and he said that. So no matter what we can do, God loves us. God loves us. Amen? Amen? But the devil will get whispering in your ear. You see what you did? God doesn't love you anymore. Therefore, this is not going to happen. He's not going to bless you. You're not going to receive this because you offended him. You sinned against him. So now you're not going to get that job. You're not going to get that house. You're not going to get that car. You're not going to be healed. The devil starts lying to you. But it's already been done. It's up there in those heavenly places. Okay? And it's in Jesus. But then, uh uh-oh, guess what? Jesus is in me and I am in him. So that means then that I have that blessing. It's a matter of me understanding that I have it and confessing that I believe that I have it until it actually is made manifest in the natural realm. Okay, the difference between beating down God's door, banging on God's door, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, I need, I need, I need. It's been done. The work is finished. The work is finished. The house that you're praying for, the car you're praying for, or the healing that you're praying for, it's already been done. It's been done. It's just a matter of you appropriating. It's just a matter of you grabbing and knowing that it's in heavenly places in Jesus and Jesus is in me. So that means then that I have it. So it's just a matter of time for it to manifest itself. But in the meantime, knowing that it's already been done, it's like I'm expecting it any day now. (laughs) Any day now. Somebody's going to knock on my door, you know. You like that commercial with the publisher's clearing house where the guy knocks on the door with the big check? <laughs> okay, any day now, any day, any day, okay, okay? And you just, keep, you just keep believing that God is going to materialize that thing in the natural realm. But up there in the heavenly places, it's already been done. It's already been done. This is so powerful, what we're discussing here. But this is where so many Christians are missing it. You see, you see, because we don't often think this way, you know. The Word of God, I mean, Christianity teaches us, I should say, quote-unquote, religion teaches us that we always have to ask God, we always have to ask God. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This is not to say that we don't appreciate what God has given us and that we shouldn't, shouldn't talk to God and, and so on like that. But it's also, though, turning around, turning around our conversation with God. That's, maybe that's the best way to put it. Turning around our conversation. Instead of going to God constantly saying, like I did with Sister Tanya's marker, may I have your marker, going to God and saying, thank you, Lord, for giving me your marker. 
Amen. You follow what I'm saying? It's changing your conversation. It's not ever saying that we don't need God. I'm not saying that at all. Not by a long shot. But it's just understanding what God has already done. Okay. And acknowledging the fact that because God is who he is. An awesome, powerful, loving, all-powerful God. That you just go to him thanking him for what he's already given you. Instead of banging on his door all the time. Lord, gimme, gimme, gimme. Because guess what? There's nothing else for God to do. That's the whole thing. It's like God can sit there and pull his hand and like, you know, I almost said, God, God starts, starts looking through the peephole. God starts looking through the peephole and says, oh gosh, here he comes again. You know, and I, I've already done it. I've already done it. And he, God starts and stops answering the door. You know, now, you know, and of course I'm being a little, little silly here because I'm saying again, if you start doing that repeatedly, and when you pray, I've said so many times, after you've done all of the talking, Give God a chance to talk back to you. Give him a chance to talk back to you, you know. Because if you are banging on God's door like that, banging, 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 God's not going to ignore you. You know, I'm being a little silly there about the peephole thing. But if you're listening, you'll hear Holy Spirit telling you, my son, my daughter, remember? It's already been done. You have this. You have that. He may even give you the scripture to go back and read. You see, you see, so God will tell you that you already have it. Now, this is what you need to do to bring it down into your level, to bring it down into your physical realm. Because it's already been done. With Jesus' stripes, you, you, you are healed. I own the cattle of a thousand hills, etc. You know, and, and there are scriptures that go on and on and on and on and on. So change the rest. So, so what I'm saying, the most powerful thing of this message, I think, is, is changing how you think about what you have or don't have and thinking about how it is that you address God. When Jesus said, it is finished, that was it. You know, newsflash, folks, newsflash, Jesus ain't going back to the cross. There's no need to. It's finished. Jesus does not have to come and go, go through the three and a half years of ministry and defeating Satan and go through all that again. It's been done. Jesus is, is coasting home, so to speak, you know, in heavenly places, seated, seated at the right hand of the Father, and at the same time residing in us. Okay? Now, don't ask me to explain how he can do that. He's God. He's God. Okay? But at the same time that he is in me, he's in each one of you sitting here in this sanctuary. Okay? And we are in him. What is the word of God talking about? Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branch. Okay? Okay? The branch that is not connected to me cannot prosper, cannot bear fruit. Can I bear fruit? Amen. 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 So it's done. Every, every single precaution, every single preparation, every single step in your particular life, because what did it say from the foundation of the, of the world, you know, before the foundation of the world, relative to you has been thought through very, very carefully, very carefully. God has a plan for your life. God knows what's going on in your life. And every single thing that Jesus did at the cross, the work is done. It is finished. It is finished. Amen? Amen? So the problem is, is that many times we start from a position of unbelief. You know, you know, you know people get crossways with the word of God. Okay, and again, in regards to healing, the proper ways to take the Proverbs. You know, take Proverbs 18.21, for instance, death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is how you start cooperating with God. Death and life can be in the power of the tongue. So it's again, it's how you say something. Okay, it's how you know you can wind up speaking curses to yourself if you're not careful. You know, you, 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 so you've got to know what the Word of God says and start confessing it. We need to begin to believe that things have happened that we can't see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. Let me repeat that. We need to begin to believe that things have happened that we cannot see. That we cannot taste, we cannot hear, smell, or touch, or feel. 
Alright? Okay? We, we believe that there are television radios and, and radio waves. We all have cell phones in our purse or in our pockets. We know that when somebody is texting you, that text message gets through you. It gets, you know, and it's not by magic. It's by, by radio waves that those things get through to you, to your cell phone. You can't see it. You can't feel those radio waves. You can't touch them or smell them. But it's happening. But it's there. Okay, but it's there. We need to begin to apply the same thought process to things that are happening in the spiritual realm. Okay, you can't you can't limit you can't limit the concept of the spiritual realm because of the fact that you try and relate it to the physical realm. Okay, it just it just does not happen. Amen. I mean, I was watching a, a science show there, and and they were talking about black holes and everything. And relative to black holes, the the physicists and astrophysicists are saying that they may have to change their whole way of thinking. When you start, start the whole concept of thinking about black holes and the dynamics that happen around black holes. Because what they thought was true, they're beginning to see is not true. And I'm looking at it, I'm kind of chuckling. I say, boy, if you only knew the half. You know, so much you don't know. So much you don't know that you're trying to rationalize and so forth like that. Uh, and they were even talking about planets from hell. They discovered some planets out there. Uh, they said they've been discovering one planet per week, basically. And there's thousands of them out there that they're discovering. And some of them, the show was called them Planets from Hell because the surfaces are just bubbling with molten lava and so on like that and they showed some you know shots and so on like that it was just fascinating there's so much man does not understand and the word of God clarifies it for us if we just can read it and understand it amen so what's happening in the spiritual realm man will probably never quantify and put into mathematical formulae, we'll probably never do that. But just because that can't be done doesn't mean that what God is saying is not true. Amen? 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 So what's happening in the spiritual is things are happening relative to you. Relative to you and what's happening in your life, things that you are praying for, things are happening in the spiritual realm that you can't see, feel, taste, or touch or hear. Amen? Amen? But, but regardless of that, though, it is indeed happening. Amen? There is more going on than just what you can perceive with your five senses. There is more than just your soulish uh, emotional realm. There is a spirit on the inside of you. And there is a spiritual realm where God has already done his part. If you don't relate to it properly, you're going to be hit and miss in the Christian life. Amen. You're going to be just kind of bouncing around. Amen. Amen. So if you can't get in your heart, deep lock it down in your spirit, that what we're talking about here today is indeed true. That the work that Jesus did, God is done. I mean, there is no other work that he can do. He's, he's taken us. The law has been fulfilled in Jesus. We don't have to do all of the stuff that Deuteronomy and Leviticus and everything pointed out back in the Old Testament days. We don't have to do that anymore. It, it's finished. The blessings are up there in heavenly places. It's just that I now have to believe that and bring it down into my life by, by reciting back, repeating back to God his words, his words, which, which are more on the positive side. Instead of saying, God, go with me, be with me today. Thank you, Lord, for being here today. Thank you, Lord, because why? Because he said, I won't forsake you. So that means that if he's not going to forsake me, and he says he's already there, then why am I asking him to be with me and go with me? He's already there. You know, that's like you walking to the store with your friend or something, your friend named John, you know, and you're saying, John, can you go to the store with me? John, can you go to the store with me? And John's right standing right next to you. You know, now how silly does that look? You know, <laughs> John, hey, Mike, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm here next to you. I'm here next to you. Well, same thing with God. God, can you please visit God? Well, God is here. God is here. You know, you know rather the church serves you. Know, I, 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 I thank 
in, in our opening prayers, um, when I ask, thank God for being here with us, I ask him to, to stay with us. I don't say, God, come join us, because I know he's here. I'm appealing for him to, to stay with us, which I know he will. Jesus said that we're two or more gathered in your name. He's there in the midst, so I know that Jesus is here. You see, so it's reciting back to you that which God has said has already been done. You need to live from the standpoint that God has already done it. He's provided everything you need. It's not a matter of trying to get God to move in your life. It's a matter of you moving over into agreement with him and receiving what he has already provided. Amen? Amen? So, new way of thinking. Think about it through the rest of the day. Try, to, try it on for size and see what you think. Meditate on it. Review the scriptures. It's, it's kind of you taking your mind and changing it around from me always crying out, God, gimme, 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 gimme. And God just kind of standing there saying, you got it. It's done. It's done. Why keep asking me for it? You know, you know who is it? Someone once said, so that prayer, uh, uh, my name is Jimmy, just gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, you know, God has already done it. Amen. God's already done it. Praise God. I hope this message has been, message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. <laughs>